Welcome to the BWT But We're Together podcast. Eavesdrop on our conversation as an interracial couple. I'm Darlene and I'm black. I'm Wes and I'm white. We are going to talk about travel and lifestyle, family and personal topics, education, news, and trending topics. Let's go. Hi, Wes. Hey, Darlene. Happy Father's Day. Oh, sweetie, thank you. Such a good father. Okay. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> You're not going to let me elaborate on your qualities as a father? I mean, that's a whole other show. No, whole it's other. not. This is really quick. Let me just say that 10 years ago, oh. uh, it's going to be 11 years ago, August, Wes became a father for the first time, and he has never... Um, disappointed in his step efforts. Daddy, as I like you to say. are the stepdaddy to the four children. Yeah. And people are like, hey, did you know that she had four kids? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, and what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what? <laughs> yeah, you didn't falter. You didn't run away. Uh, I it's appreciate It's been a great that. experience. I love your kids. They love you. We love you. All right. That's sweet. Okay. Moving on. All right. Today, I'm going to read you the news. It's our third episode of uh, BWT. I read the news to my wife. And so, you ready to go? I'm ready. You know why I'm ready? No. Uh, We have to do these things. We have to talk to our audience very, like like they're in our living room. They're here with us. Right. They're our guests. I feel their spirits. You do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to go along with you. (laughs) Okay. So... Yeah, the last recording we did, Wes, we it, we did it at midnight. You don't have to tell everything. We did that recording at midnight, and we were night. a little bit sleepy. Yeah, we 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 uh, extended. <laughs> we talked slow. <laughs> yeah, and I felt like I couldn't access access my vocabulary bank. <laughs> Let's I mean, hope it's better. We're today. gonna do better. We're gonna do better. All right, article number one. So uh, this article says. Um, Oh, yeah. So this is about the general topic is um, California is going to split into three states. What's the, if, the title, if, the headline? Though, okay. Because that on, helps me. That helps me. The general category is the proposed ballot measure Ooh. that's going to be voted on. So here's the headline from Business Insider. It would be incredibly difficult for California to split into three states. If it did, here's how it would work. Okay, so you, you've you heard there's Northern California, California, and Southern California, right? Yeah. Okay, but do you know where the map is? Let's let's talk about the map that. with the split that they're trying. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm telling you right here. So San Francisco, this Sacramento. This isn't politically motivated at all. Yeah, San Francisco, Sacramento, and the whole entire north part of California is called Northern California. California is kind of like um, what we would call the Central Coast down to L.A., but not Orange County. Yeah. And Orange County is where Southern California starts and the Inland Empire. But then it goes all the way to the, the border by, you know, Wait, going they, out to Las the, Vegas. The middle part doesn't include it only includes the coast, the Central Coast and stops at San, at L.A. At, at Los Angeles County. Oh, at L.A. County. Yeah. So it's like. You know, San Luis Obispo, I think, and uh, all the way down the coast to um, Ventura, Malibu, Los Angeles. Um, (laughs) But they're all about the same amount of people. I forget, 13 million or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, People say it's too difficult. What do you think? Uh, Too difficult isn't even the... It's dumb. (laughs) Why is it dumb? 
It's a political move. It's a way to mm. uh, make California weaker. Uh, it's a very liberal state, and notice how it's divided. Mm. That whole Inland Empire part, and then Orange County, that's very uh, conservative and Republican. Mm. Uh, no, no, just no. They're trying to silence our voices. And it's, and I think well, this comes up all the time, I think. I'm, I'm, I know this isn't the first time that California has, it's been proposed that we split. And um, as I have become politically more savvy <laughs> and yeah. uh, more woke, uh, I'm completely against it. And plus, you look at history, you don't divide stuff up because once you start breaking stuff off, you start weakening and things fall apart. What do you think? Can You're going to read some more, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll read. Um, I, the thing I want to read is probably just basic knowledge, but it's, it's the who, right? Mm -hmm. So the ballot me measure put forth by uh, Tim Draper, I think is, Tim is his first name, Silicon Valley tycoon. He mm -hmm. was an early investor in Skype and Tesla. Um, he's a well-known tech investor. It establishes new boundaries for three new states um, and provides legislative consent of the people of California. Um, so there's a catch. The California Constitution says through the initiative, you can only change the Constitution so much. A small change to part of the Constitution is called an amendment, while a holistic and fundamental change to the Constitution is a revision. State law requires more than a vote by the people to enact a revision. It, um, it has to get approved by Congress, I think, right? I would say that that makes sense. Yeah, already got, uh, it's called Cal 3, or Citizens for Cal 3. It's already got a half a million uh, signatures. Yeah, I wonder. So, so what do you think the people who are for it are thinking? They want to increase their political power, I would say. I, I mean, um, and also there's a lot of, you know, you wonder what input people are getting, because I know that um, back when we were figuring out that, oh, Russia influenced the election, that was one of the things that they well, that we heard was going to happen is that they were going to start putting fake news out about mm. uh, splitting California. So I, I don't I'm not saying that Russia is the one that is uh, pushing this, but I would be careful about the sources that people are um, getting their information about or yeah. from. Uh, and that is influencing their decision. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So what do you think? And then I can kind of. Maybe. Well, I'm just looking at the political analysis at the bottom of the article. Mm -hmm. They're talking about, you know, California has been a strong democratic yeah. uh, state. But when you divide it up in this way, then the part with the Inland Empire, um, those desert communities and that kind of urban sprawl, they call it. Yeah. So that part becomes a swing state, they would say. Yeah. And so you have people um, who you could get those... Um, those seats, but um, Democrats are not likely to risk that if they're going to lose um, the votes in that area. Mm, it's just crazy, and I don't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, it's not, and then, we don't like, like, what change, a nightmare. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> you have to be careful what you want. Um, but what kind of nightmare would that be? Like, who would be the government? I mean, the government, who do we answer to? Um, we you know, have you'd have own. a new state capitals and new, um, oh, yeah, no. it'd be no, different. crazy, crazy talk. Yeah, so the biggest cities in each would be San Jose. So San Jose has more people so than Sacramento already. or San Francisco. No. Uh, San Diego in the, the Southern California segment. And then Los Angeles, of course, is 
But we would be part of what? Because we're in Orange County. We would be part of Southern California, which is Inland Empire and San Diego and this huge rural sprawl. No, we already know. (laughs) All right, let's get let's get out of that one. That's that's a good. But it's interesting to think about. It's interesting, and I wonder if you did your research, people like how often has this come up, and how how far much further has this one gone? This proposal, I'm not sure. But the political climate and the social climate and everything is so out of whack right now. I could see it going further than it even makes sense. Yeah. All right. So the world cup makes sense. We're we're moving on. The world cup makes sense. (laughs) The world cup makes sense. Mm -hmm. You're a fan. I'm a fan, but don't even get me. Don't ask a lot of questions. No, no, no. This is I read the news to you. Yes, yes. You read the news to me, to me. Mexico stuns German defending champions as World Cup journey begins. Did you know this? Mexico beat Germany. So, yeah, I'm going to read a little (laughs) bit of this article. Mexico's quest for an elusive fifth game at a World Cup got off to a rousing start with a one to zero upset of Germany on Sunday. What? Right. Yay! So Chucky Lozano, <laughs> Chucky Lozano's first half goal was enough to vanquish an uninspired and frustrated German team. I'm gonna have to start watching because that had to be a good game. Yeah. What we happened to, to Germany? We have to watch. Okay, they annihilated so annihilated the, the last Mexico's World history is it goes back um, all the way to '94 uh, when it it had six straight wins in the World Cup. Um, but always, so this from the article, yet in each one of those round of 16 games, the fourth match of a tournament, Mexico lost, yeah. usually in some newly devastating way. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. So, um, yeah, I've right, seen some so, Mexico matches and you always root and root for him, root for him. And then, yeah, something bad happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's true story. Yeah. So th- I'll just read this to you. Cause do you know where the world cup is being played? Russia. Russia. Tens of thousands of Mexicans descended on Moscow's Lesniki Stadium, Uh sensing that this could be Mexico's tournament finally. They were handsomely rewarded for traveling halfway across the world. Good for them. So somebody tweeted um, at Mexico World Cup that um, they tweeted probably around 30,000 Mexican fans there in Russia. Isn't that crazy, awesome. right? <laughs> and the, nas- yeah, the Mexican Mex- national anthem in full voice in the Russian stadium. Uh, Just cool. Yeah. Just cool. So yeah. we we hope they uh, they hang in there. Yeah, good yeah. for you and good for traveling and good for the support. I mean, that's the kind of support you wish you had in real life. <laughs> right? <laughs> like serious fans. All right. So uh, a little more serious article here. Um are you okay with me saying uh, Trump on the podcast? How do you feel? We'll be uh, I, You'll be you all right. Know, okay. Yeah, so, we'll just watch the mics when we get done. This is from the, <laughs> the Wall Street Journal. Trump advisor says nobody likes this policy separating migrant families. Uh, so that's the headline is somebody in the Trump camp says nobody likes this policy. Oh, uh, well, good. Somebody's got some sense. So I'm going to read you uh, this article. As we know, this is about the situation of... Um, people fleeing Central America looking for asylum, mm-hmm. and they're being stopped at the border. Um, I think it's Texas, uh, Texas, and separated kids taken away from the parents. Yeah, yeah. it's not just Texas because okay. there's yeah, it's it's out here too. So I'm going to read this. A top advisor to President Donald Trump expressed misgivings on Sunday about the administration's policy of separating undocumented families at the southern border. Uh, as critics of the policy labeled it cruel and immoral. 
Um, Kellyanne Conway is saying... You can't say her name. Okay. <laughs> she's uh, she's on NBC's Meet the Press, and she's like, as a mother, a Catholic, and someone who's got a conscience, I will tell you that nobody likes this policy. Wow. Now that's a turn. That's right? a switcheroo. That's a switcheroo. <laughs> uh, am I going to... You want, want me to talk yet, or what do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What's your reaction to that? Well... What does this harken back to in U.S. history? Like, there's a couple of things, or in the in, uh, international history. For yeah. what I think of slavery, you separate families, you separate yeah. kids from their parents, yep. and that they never see those children again. Obviously, it's it's horrible, it's inhumane. Um, I think about the Holocaust and how you know you know night how the the women yeah. and children night by Eli Eli Wiesel yeah, uh, yeah went one way and the, the the other the fathers went another. I mean. This is something that you, when you think about the history uh, of when it's happened, it's been horrible times in American and in, in, um, yeah. global history. And it's been uh, a dark time. So why are we doing this? Oh, Japanese internment camps. Yeah, Japanese internment um, camps. And I don't, I, I just don't understand the the thinking the why would you horrible, go there banal yeah. thinking immoral and then i hear that it's a, a political ploy he wants people to uh, come down ha- hard on immigration policy yeah. and this is his way of bullying his way so into, let me read into a, getting them a, a to passage. do that the administration adopted the quote zero tolerance policy last month as a strategy to deter adults crossing the us mexico border in pursuit of asylum from violence in central america a decades-old court settlement bars the U.S. government from jailing migrant children. Until recently, the result was that families who crossed the border seeking asylum were often released into the U.S. while their cases are pursued. The Department of Homeland Security said Friday it had separated 1,995 oh immigrant children from 1,940 adults. Why, what do you plan to do with these children? And then, I, I mean, are you trying to that's make the money? thing is there's I, these pictures of the camps like yeah, they're being. And that's the other thing. Yeah. Now we have these kids in camps. What is that? That's a horrible yeah. um, a reminder of history as well. Yeah. And if you're if you're a child, you don't have the ability to process what's happening. I mean, we I could mean, just I mean, on Father's Day, you know, it's it's it just all Father's terribly Day. ironic. You know, you're separating kids from their fathers on um, and here we are celebrating this thing, uh, 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 parenting and children and family. Yeah. uh, And they're doing this to children and families. And there's so much. What I like is honesty, is honesty about the actual policy Mm. and when it came about. From what I understand, it's Trump and Sessions. It's not something that the Democrats created. It's something Mm. that they created. And that needs to be clear, I think, to the public. And I don't yeah. know who's getting, you know, when you get your news from a certain source and then it tunnel funnels into from, you know, certain places or conservative places, you're going to hear probably things that may not be true. Um, and it's not to say that we don't on, on, on our side hear things that aren't necessarily true or we hear half truths. But I think it's important to understand where this policy came from. Yeah. And everything that I've read says that it is definitely Sessions and Trump. Yeah. And there is no, uh, 
reason that you need to be this yeah. cruel and, then, and they're seeking asylum yeah and then sessions was on tv um saying you oh know, quoting the bible the bible says the government is a, um supposed to make laws that are supposed to be obeyed and yeah it's, hebrews it's God's he will. quoted a hebrews uh verse and yeah. chapter and verse and that um, didn't go over well with people, people no people even like, the evangelicals right that right. were uh trying to be for trump which is odd in itself but yeah. they were like no not this time yeah yeah we're not there's we're, a lot of other verses in the bible that say that counter that yeah and that, love that, that what he quoted is not even about the context of separating families it's just about laws yes. right so and way then out also of context. why are we quoting the bible when you're talking about politics can we not i mean what are you doing anyway so it's just like so backwards and irritating yeah. for me for me to even talk about this because it's so obviously cruel yeah all right, we have another article, and then we're going to get into a lightning round. Um, but this one is really interesting. So Google has been doing um, research and statistics on the diversity of its um, employees. Uh, this is from The Root, um, although this article, I, I Googled it, <laughs> ironically enough. So there's so many places who are talking about this yeah, because they made it public. But yeah. the headline from The Root is, Google has a hard time keeping black employees I often like the Roots uh, headlines. This isn't one of the ones, but oh my God, they have me dying because they just are <laughs> completely honest. Yeah. So here it is. Um, Unforgiving. Google released a report, admitted that it was struggling to keep its black employees. Quote, attrition rates in 2017 were highest for black Googlers, followed by Latinx Googlers and the lowest for Asian Googlers, the report said. Black Googler attrition rates, while improving in recent years, have offset some of our hiring gains, which has led to smaller increases in representation than we would have seen otherwise. We're working hard to better understand what drives higher attrition. That means people leaving, getting the heck out and taking focused measures to improve it. So that's all very report type language. Mm -hmm. But the, the actual numbers, 2.5% of Google employees are black. Although somewhere else I saw several articles that said 2.5% of Google's employees are black women. So I'm, I'm confused because I've seen it. Oh. But their leadership is 74.5% male. So men are running the joint, the mm -hmm. Google joint, mm -hmm. and 66.9% white. So mm -hmm. it's predominantly a white male uh, leadership in the company. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, it, it's it's in, it's in line with um, the workplace in general. I don't think Google is so special and progressive that they would be any different unless unless they're making a conscious effort ahead of time. And this is this is like, uh oh, <laughs> this is a, uh oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I, I think that mm. when, when I think about why, because I bet you're, you would say, oh, why do you think it's like that? Go ahead. OK, Um because privilege allows you to just plow ahead and not look at those things yeah. that might be alienating um, people of color from your organization. Um, and I, I think I would like to ask you, because you're more into tech than I am, mm -hmm. what are those things that alienate people of color from the tech industry? What happens in there? You know, I, I, I would love to hear what you think. Well, so I, I spent um, a few days at Google headquarters a couple of years ago for a education technology thing. Um, and so there was like a black Googlers barbecue. So they they have events mm -hmm. to try to make people feel included. Right. So but you're it's what is a black Googlers a barbecue in relationship to a 
regular barbe- barbecue. So it's like if you're a black Googler, we're going to have a barbecue. Come on out. It's like, a, you know. But is it run by blacks at Google or is it the white people going, you guys are going to have it? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to grill some hot dogs and get you I think it's it maybe a shared responsibility. But I think they have they have like internal like teams or tribes where you can. You can like promote so you can your connect own. And, and then yeah. also okay. But the thing is, like Mountain View, that that's one location. Google's global, so we saw something where they were doing something at the headquarters. But I know there's there's a Google down here, New, Newport Beach. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody black works in that building, I'm honestly. Like, yeah, so right. I mean, you might tell me there is, but are they having a black barbecue? I'd right. say I'd say they're not. So everywhere in the world is what. You know, Google's so looking at for its stats, yes. but that's not the question you asked me. I'm just saying these headquarter places might have more numbers where they try to work on those diversity, um, like, like initiatives. Star- but yeah, it's really else. hard on a global workforce if you're like, I mean, what is the Google headquarters in Pakistan? What you know, they, mm. you know, if there's somebody there who's who's African. I mean, yeah, I'm just wondering, like when you go to work at Google every day and you're black and you walk in, uh, <laughs> what is the why? Why do why is there an attrition rate? Like what makes black people leave? And I say black people because yeah. honestly, people I care about black people more than probably anything um, because of who I am. But yeah, the sur- um, I like, mean, the employee survey data is a oh, lack of feeling included. I know. So what is that? So you just you know, walk is in it just and all a bunch of white people on the wall. <laughs> So what I would say, <laughs> I mean, I would say people get into Google and it's highly competitive right. and it's, it's a company that's known to um, be good to work for. Yeah. It's like the dream. Right. And I was like, I think you get into the dream and partway into it, it's what you said. Yeah. You just notice it's not different than the outside world it's that much. Different. And so then, then there's some bitterness, I think. So mm-hmm. you're like, I'm in this place where I'm, it's my dream job, but I don't feel included. Right. So screw, like maybe screw your you. ideas get poo pooed, you know, um, yeah. I'm thinking like that. I'm thinking of this big group of, that I've been in where the ideas come from this. Uh, it's kind of very um, biased. Yeah. So the ideas that the initiatives, those things, I, I bet they come from a place where blacks are like, wait a minute, this isn't um, where I'm coming from necessarily, but then like, maybe you get overshadowed because you're, those voices are so loud. Yeah. You know, um, I'm just guessing, but I, I know that, um, kind of based on my experiences and places. Yeah. And I, I saw another, when I was doing the research here, another, um, quote, like 75% of women in tech they say they voice an idea and it doesn't get heard or taken seriously yeah. until a man repeats it. Oh yeah, we know this. So seventy five percent. So there's there's a huge uh, huge um, gap there between how people want to be um, respected and taken right, seriously right, right. and what's happening. And then imagine the competition. I mean, I bet you get in there and you think it's going to be you know one way, like you were saying. But then um, that com- that competitive thing yeah. is real, and I, I it, it could potentially be nasty yeah so yeah yeah all right well google do better yeah work on that i see that work they are that. though they put the, the numbers out yeah. so good for them and you that's know, a measure of transparency there's too. a measure of transparency there and that's uh that's progress to me or at least a, a conscientiousness that other companies may not have so yeah appreciate it all right so 
It's our lightning round. So we have like... We, we have, have fun now. This I don't is know. serious. This is too serious. So we have like 12 to 15 articles. I didn't count them. Goodness gracious. And just give me your you know thoughts off, off the top of your head after I read the, the headline. Okay. 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 So, quote, neighborhood beef, quote, apparently leads to 22 people injured in New Jersey <laughs> art festival shooting. What? So they started shooting? At first I thought beef just like a little <laughs> fist fight or something. But they yeah. were shooting and people, nobody died, right? It was a 24-hour art festival with like a film festival and musical performances and 24 hours of art. Oh, so I wonder what kind of, was it over the music? Because you know folks will be fighting over music. And like art, I'm like, they're, I picture them throwing paintbrushes or something. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> what, that, no. that's terrible. Get along, people. What's wrong with you? I know. You go to an art festival, you think they're a certain type of people, and it turns out they're probably just drinking right. and just <laughs> stumbled upon it, maybe. Yeah, they don't have, uh, it's reported they didn't have metal detectors at the entrances, so maybe that's something they'll change for next year. Yes. All right, next article, lightning round. Prince Harry just saved Meghan Markle and her stunning dress from a nasty fall. So, um, a Saturday, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry attended the nuptials of cousin Celia uh, McCorkwoodale. What? It's a tough name. Uh, and so, s- what happened is, it's just a tiny little line in here, is... Uh, the Daily Mail had video of Megan tripping slightly <laughs> and Harry helping her with her balance. Oh, my God. And so the article just says their lives are a freaking fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, this is like, uh, what do you call this? Um, <laughs> palace struggles or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag palace struggles. <laughs> yeah, we, I'm glad she's fine, but I think she was going to be fine and they just had to find something. No, the article I like, did you pick that one? Where her, where the queen was dying. I don't know what I Megan did not told pick that her. Article. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I was like, see, you didn't know. Black people were real funny. <laughs> yeah, they, there was a series where they compared Kate Middleton's uh, first trip with the queen to Meghan Markle's. It was a little snarky. I didn't, I didn't care yeah. for the tone. Um, but they were saying, you know, they were. She was. Uh, entertaining the queen and there's uh, photographs to prove it i mean the queen's hands were up in the air like she was like "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) or no she'd probably be like oh (laughs) how does the queen laugh (laughs) (laughs) i can't even you do it well though if yeah you can you can imagine her can't you picture her all right lightning round okay uh chris cornell so Mm -hmm. singer of uh, soundgarden who uh committed suicide last year and his daughter oh release new studio cover of nothing compares to you so he's passed but there's a track and his daughter sings on it and they released it for father's day oh that's sweet and makes you want to cry yeah do you want to hear a clip i don't i don't know if i can bring it up but um that's one of your favorite songs i love that song yeah but you know especially now because of prince had to go and be gone yeah i'm just gonna fast forward a little bit i don't know if the intro's long how did you Prince wrote this song? For Sinead O'Connor, right? Yeah. That song was bomb then. It's been seven hours and fifteen days. Very sweet voice. Yeah. She's thirteen. Wow. Anyways. Apropos. Further on into the track, they um they fade her voice uh voice of her father and just a very tender tender moment 
she's oh yeah she can sing she needs to slow yeah. down a little bit yeah it's very pretty well rest his soul and then jeez, yeah. and then you're i guess you just live on in your yeah and your daughter and your your you know yeah and then the lyrics of that song are just like for father's day and you're missing your father yeah mm. i didn't know how to take wow i know this is a can i yeah, we all ahead. lightning round but i opened a, a <laughs> facebook this morning and i'm like i'm not sure if we're supposed to be harboring all these emotions that everybody has i mean there's so much it's so complicated oh, it's information it's emotion overload it is emotion yeah. overload. i had to close it and i felt bad about that but then like i'm like you have to self-preservation is so important but i mean people are either super sad people yeah. are celebrating their husbands people are celebrating yeah if you're you know some people can't celebrate a father possibly for a whole bunch of reasons or won't yeah and so they celebrate the husband for the kids and um, I, I read some pretty moving um, post about yeah. just losing your father and then these beautiful pictures. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's it's to me what I did get from that, though, is we really I mean, I love men, good men. And mm. there's so many. And and I, I hope that we could get to a place where we celebrate men uh, and the goodness there is even as we try to kind of tear down the patriarchal kind of um, tone that we have in this country. Yeah. Um, but but don't forget to celebrate that very essential human being that, that men are. Yeah. You know. Well said. So back to our lives. <laughs> well said. I wasn't well trying said. to make a speech. Well, I was like, hey, as soon as we get done, we go go to the beach and celebrate me as a good man. I okay. know, this is okay. We're doing everything you want today, <laughs> which this is part of that. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to skip a couple of articles. Um, okay, Nike, uh, how Nike turned Nigeria's World Cup kit into a fashion phenomenon. First of all, have you seen the pictures? I don't know like what you're this, talking about. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so the Nigerian u- soccer uniform for the world, world Cup yeah. just, like, went viral. Oh, and pe- really? And people were just like, what? It's amazing. So there's a picture of it. It's kind of got right. this. Um, I like it. Green, green and neon white. green uh, and white Vs and black and uh, white Vs on the sleeve. There's more to it. If I was a fashionista, I could probably describe it better. But so they'd start designing these, um, these uh, uniforms like two years ahead of time. So it's just interesting. They're trying to ask Nike, like, why do you think it went uh, viral? Um, so the, the the uniforms went viral? Just well, the, like the picture, pictures of it. Yeah, but they released these um, pictures of the uniforms and like everybody was like, whoa, those Nigerian uh, uniforms. Well, you know, Africa, we're good with, uh, with uh, boldness and colors. And I like the lines. Yeah. And they're, yeah, it's different. It's unique. And yeah. I like the, there's this picture, you guys, of a group of athletes. Yeah, we'll um, put a link in the show notes to that. Yeah. And they're the very, you know, showcasing the various outfits. And it's really cool. Yeah, I'll just read this, uh, this quote here. So they're, they're like, the big hit seems to be the Nigeria kit this time around. What made you uh, decide to push the design on their home kit to such a What do you mean by kit? Kit. It means uh, outfit. Okay. Kit gear. Is that a new? Is that a new term? I think it's is that maybe the, what the young people are saying. Or is that... <laughs> <laughs> I think kit is more of a. I think of it as British. I think of a sewing kit. 
I'm like, stuck it means on gear. That. I think that's oh, that's our. Oh, there's our, the synonym I'm familiar yeah, with. There's the synonym. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so they're just saying um, they they felt like um, Ni- the Nigerian team is young and has all this confidence, and they're trying to um, kind of play off that. They do say in the article they're not. They're not, they're not favorites. Doing... They're not going to win. Oh, yeah, but they look good. But they... <laughs> <laughs> and that's important in life. <laughs> All right. Good. So quick one. Uh, our genetic testing sites, so like 23andMe and Ancestry, yeah, yeah. the new so- social networks. This is the New York Times article. If they would stop charging, they might become that. <laughs> I, I had to, I don't know if I, oh, I hope I um, deleted that payment from Ancestry. The recurring I was payment. A grip. Yeah, you were. I saw that. Trying to connect with people that I shouldn't be. <laughs> so we're in a lightning round, but I'm just going to read this. Uh, three years ago, Diane, somebody, a 57 year old author and TED speaker who specializes in penguins, was given a 23andMe gene- uh, genetic testing kit for her birthday. So she she did it. Uh, two months later, she received a pie chart breaking down where her ancestors lived. Right. 99.4% of them were from Europe. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> what she was most giddy about was a 41-page list of all the people who had done the test and were genetically related to her. And she contacted those people? <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> she said, I had the names of everyone from my immediate family members to first cousins, second cousins, yeah. third. Yeah. Once I got past fourth cousins, it went to my fifth cousins and beyond. It started me down this genealogical rabbit hole. Yes, it's absolutely true. <laughs> All right. So maybe this new social networking site, you're going to find a lot of family. I guess that's one way to cut. Uh, that's your, you know, how you have uh, categories in yeah. Facebook. Well, I'm going to let you make some predictions on this one. Okay. Headline, healthy cooking mistakes you're likely making. Wait, what? <laughs> healthy cooking mistakes? Are you going to read anything or I just comment on just it? Just predict. That, predict. Oh, predict what's going to be in the article. Mm-hmm. Okay, healthy cooking, cooking mistakes, mistakes you're likely making. <laughs> I'll give you the first one and then maybe you'll come up with some. Okay, you don't measure... High calorie ingredients. So yeah, like olive oil is good. Nuts are good. Avocado. Oh, you're nut saying butters. like, oh, I know this is good for me. This is good for me. Oh, so avocado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So too much of mistake that. number one is you're not, um, you're not measuring. No, of course not. Who would do that? You measure by tasting. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna read you this test. one to get your. Reaction. I was ba- really bad on the uptake there. Sorry. That's all right. Mistake number two: you defrost meat on the countertop. I don't do that. <laughs> You know why? Because oh wait a minute, why? Yes, I do actually. Because it <laughs> that's won't, what I'm saying. I it saw it defro- yesterday. It won't defrost in the refrigerator fast enough. But it's not like I want to make the meat. I don't <laughs> want to watch the meat <laughs> for days. So why are they saying so that? They because say the bacteria. The, yeah, the drastic temperature shift from freezer to counter rolls out the red carpet for potentially harmful bacteria and foodborne illnesses. Mm. So they say defrost it overnight in the fridge. I did. I, uh, and then you do that and it's still frozen. You're like, OK, I'm putting it on the counter. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. to. I think that's a good article to kind of review. Yeah. So we're not getting sick. So whatever, uh, mistake number three, then we'll move on, is you salt your food before you taste it. No, who does that? <laughs> I mean, I, no. Yeah, that's a mistake. You shouldn't do that. Because what if someone oversalted in the cooking process? <laughs> that's true. And you'll yeah. be like, nah, 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 nah. All right. Like, yuck. 
So headline from National Geographic, there are dinosaurs that didn't die. What's your <laughs> Is reaction? That like people or, or the... <laughs> so at one time, I, oh, I can't even say. So there's more than 10,000 uh, species You're uh, supposed to say, what related to say? dinosaur that still roam the earth. What do you think they are? A pelican. Oh, good. That's good. They're birds. Yeah. 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 You love pelicans. Huh? I love pelicans and I've looked... I've, they look like that. Yeah. <laughs> they look prehistoric. Yeah, so it's a, an interesting article, but it's something I've heard, um, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. <laughs> it's not It's not. Uh, news. You're so uh, savvy and so do you knowledgeable. Know who, do you know who Kat Von D is? No, you left okay. the bird article already? Yeah, this is a lightning round. This is a lightning round. I mean, round. but we made up this. Made this up. <laughs> so made up this. We do you want to say something up. about dinosaur birds? Well, was it just the bird, uh, the pelican? Well, it wasn't a pelican. It was just saying there's like birds, ten- in, yeah, in birds in general. Yeah, oh, birds okay. are. I think they had this great line about birds are like the last twig on this uh, ancestral tree that was once dinosaurs. Some of them fish though. On the, <laughs> have you seen those fish in the the Galapagos? Yeah, that look prehistoric. They look. Yeah, there's a lot of prehistoric looking oh. creatures out there, especially yeah. the ocean because you never oh, know oh. what's under there. Yeah, right. Yeah, we probably haven't even discovered it all. I think we might end with this one. Um, so. Are you familiar with Kat Von D? No, that's why I'm so, like, I want to talk about the birds. Fellow YouTuber, uh, Pablo, uh, Buenos Dias Vlog, he he told me about Kat Von D. He used to love her, I think it was a TV show. Okay, so and this she is was, a woman. This is a woman, Kat Von D. And she would, um, it was all about tattooing. And mm. so, but she has now moved on and she's launching um, beauty products and I guess has for uh, some time. But people are boycotting her. So I'm going to tell you why and then get your reaction. Why are they boycotting Kat Van D? She looks like a nice person. I know. The headline is why everyone you know is boycotting Kat Von D. And I'm Not thinking, everyone I know. That's what I, I was going to say. <laughs> so um, she's pregnant. Good for and her. And there's a little Instagram picture of her announcement. And there's a long paragraph. And she's telling people how they're going to go through their pregnancy. And so it's basically they're going to um, do... Um, uh, birth at home, drug free with a midwife and a doula. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, they're going to raise the child vegan and without vaccinations. Oh, it's the anti the people that hate that thing, yeah. which are a lot of my liberal friends. Yeah, you're you're right. People are like, I'm officially done with her. Oh my god. Yeah, it's like they broke up. Yeah. Too yeah. bad she doesn't live her life to, to the standards that you want her to. <laughs> <laughs> so this is somebody on Twitter saying, I'm officially done with Kat Von D and her brand. Terribly sad. Reminds me of someone else. Sad. Uh, but Horrible. can't support someone who risks other kids' lives for what? To be vegan? To be natural and different from the masses? Not cool. Hashtag boycott. I mean, so, okay, let's do the a quick counter to that would be like, yeah, you don't want to expose one kid who won't get vaccinated who may uh, uh, contract something, you know, you don't want the, your kid getting sick because of what they won't do. Um, that's a valid argument. You know, I don't know. I have an autistic son and I gave all my kids their vaccines and my kid is autistic. So when you guys figure out why he's autistic, then you could come at me with, oh, wait, I can't do this. Maybe this is too controversial and nobody will watch us, listen to us anymore. But I'm for <laughs> vac- vaccinations too. It's just that, you know... Yeah. We don't have all the answers and we kind of grab on to what we think is the thing that's going to, you know, protect or save. 
when yeah. sometimes the solution isn't you grabbing onto something, but it's actually investigating and seeing yeah. and, and doing the research. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, this has been a great episode. I know I learned a lot and uh, we're done with our lightning round. And uh, so without further ado. Yeah. Yeah. Okie dokie. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Father's Day and have a great Sunday. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that really helps us out. You can also listen to us on Anchor, Google Play, and Stitcher. And follow us on social media, BWT, but we're together on Instagram. And Wes Creasel and Darlene Creasel on Twitter. 